This is a call to those who want incredible success, but do not necessarily want to get filthy rich. You want to help others, be purposeful, and enjoy all life has to offer. Welcome to the Inbound Marketing Revolution. This is Dow of Inbound with Ion Garlic. Hello and welcome to the Dow of Inbound. And today I have another amazing guest who's done a whole heck of a lot. It's kind of intimidating just to read it. I get tired. Um, our guest today has built 11 companies, including a cash flow investment system, which is fascinating, which hopefully we'll talk a little bit about. And the API guys, which was one of the premier or is one of the premier API services for Infusionsoft. And uh, she has sold that and since started an incredible company, Sync to CRM. Plus, our guest is an avid polo player, which I think is pretty cool. Kim Snyder, thank you so much for being on the show. Ian, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, you know, I, I'll be honest. I look at everything you've done, and it's, it's not only amazing but it is intimidating how you know you've, you've an investment company you've come back you know i love your story on snyder advisors you know you're talking about coming back from losing it all and starting it back up but then continuously building and and selling companies and doing really cool stuff and and find time to travel to south america to play polo uh, <laughs> i mean how, how do you do it what's the mindset that keeps you going and keep you focused every day um, well, first, yeah, I mean, it's funny that you say it's intimidating. Um, I, because I don't think of it that way. I, I, I guess the, the mindset for me is, um, that I, if you look at the arc of everything that I've done, there's a couple things. I think one is that I really enjoy helping people. And if I'm not helping people, I'm not happy. And so, when I retired in 2011 from the investment firm, that retirement didn't last very long. And, and I got the itch and I had to start something else. And, you know, all the different companies are in very disparate niches and do different things. But again, the, the arc is that I just have to be helping people. And so I think number one, that, um, in terms of my professional career has, propelled almost everything that I've done. Uh, it's just a matter of finding something that's of interest to me in the, at that moment that I can use to help people. Um, the second thing I think is I'm also, <laughs> I'm not afraid to to fail or uh, I, I guess I just, I don't look at um, things uh, the way maybe some people do uh, to me. It's just, it's just fun. Um, and I never think that, something I'm doing is not going to succeed. Uh, and regardless of whether I know anything about it when I start, which I usually don't, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to figure it out very quickly because the fundamental principles of, of starting and running a business apply regardless of what you're doing, what industry you're in. And, and, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that's, uh, and then, and then having, um, you know, polo on the side is also very helpful because that's my, 
uh, outlet and my passion. And so I have to make a lot of money at my businesses in order to pay for my polo. So, <laughs> so, it, all, so it all works together. Oh, okay. So so the, the real mindset is polo. It says, I've got, I've got to pay and for my polo. My husband would tell you that is true. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's a great sport and it's, a, it's amazing that you do it. And yeah, it's not a cheap sport. That's for sure. Um, uh, you know, I look at, you know, the, the, the swath and, and I understand, you know, I come back from a financial background, got into marketing software and back and forth. Um, but you've become, you know, very niche software that you've gotten into. How did you end up in the API area of Infusionsoft? how did you end up syncing data? Mm, sure. So, so here's the story when with the API guys, which, uh, as you mentioned at the top of the show was a, or still is a custom development firm for Infusionsoft focused solely on Infusionsoft. And what we became known for fairly quickly was the really hard stuff. Um, because I love solving puzzles and Infusionsoft to me, particularly custom development type work is just a big buzz, a big puzzle. How do you figure out how to get that done? And the type of work that we got very often for whatever reason was connecting to, you know, connecting, uh, Infusionsoft with different systems. Um, but not just connecting them in terms of a, a, a one-off integration where data was being passed as it occurred, but more, more syncing, um, these, these systems. Um, that was the solution. And so we were doing a lot of syncing work. Um, and, at first, they were smaller, and so we were creating one-off solutions. Every time someone would hire us, we'd create, you know, we'd build, kind of start from scratch. And then over time, we did it so often, uh, I had hired one particular developer who's still my lead developer who was really into the idea of frameworks. And so he started creating a framework around this idea of how you sync different systems so that we weren't having to recreate the back end every single time someone hired us to do it. And every time we got hired, that framework got a little bit better and a little bit better. And then the, the real turning point was we were hired by a company to create a system that synced all of the disparate systems of a major, major West Coast university, um, one that everybody knows the name of, they had, you know, their, their, um, enrollment systems, their, um, their payment systems, their, like there were six or eight, um, different large software systems in addition to the Excel spreadsheets that department heads kept. And I mean, it was just this um, mass of different data sets and they all had to be synced to Infusionsoft in real time and, uh, or, or close to it. And so that project caused us to really take that syncing framework or what became the sync engine and build it out into something that was pretty uh, solid, pretty big and solid. And when I sold the API guys, uh, I, I kept two things. I kept that developer and the sync engine and sold everything else. And that sync engine became what is now sort of the, well, it's the back end of uh, sync to CRM. Wow. Wow. And so just to give you some numbers, just some idea, um, we just, uh, two days ago, we're within a hair's breadth, 3.9 of, of, of sinking 4 million 
contacts to Facebook custom audiences. We, we, for in, for that day, two days ago, it was 3.9 million. And so, you know, that kind of gives you a sense of the engine behind Sync to CRM because that's a lot of contacts in a day. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of information being passed back and forth. And it, it's amazing to me, you know, uh, I've been in, I was actually involved in a company that did data for, for, higher education and and those disparate systems and and them not working together and people on the outside think it's so easy to kind of just put that stuff together and it's it, it's not they're like oh you can just connect these two things right, right. Um, <laughs> how how did you get over that and and instill the value when when you market that because really you were i mean you were a digital services company but sort of a software company which i'm seeing more and more of those out there how did you explain to people the value? Well, they, they probably knew the value, but th- explain to them, this is why it's going to take forever or this is why it's going to be hard <laughs> to do. <laughs> well, actually, you just got to the reason why I sold the API, guys. <laughs> I mean, tr- truthfully, it, it's hard. It, it's not, it isn't the value. It's that um, when you are selling soft, uh, custom development software, uh, custom solutions, particularly into the small business market, which I love, by the way. But um, one of the challenges of doing that is, look, if I'm selling into the enterprise market, um, I'm going to sit down and we're going to create this immensely detailed spec that takes, we're going to do all this, um, you know, behind the scenes investigations and meetings and, and talking to different people and investigating the data and the frameworks and this and that. And, and, it, and in most cases in going into the enterprise, we'd spend as much putting to money doing the initial spec as a small business has for the entire budget for the project or, you know, maybe more. And so the challenge in working with small businesses on that sort of a project was they knew what they wanted, but they had absolutely no sense of often of what it took to, to get there um, in terms of the, the technology and the time required and, and getting a meeting of the minds when you don't go through that long process um, uh, then, um, a meeting of the minds about what the the outcome should be is not that easy, if not if not difficult, if not impossible. And then um, you know, and then there's a limited budget to get it done in. And so, I don't like to disappoint people, you know. And sometimes, no matter you know, even our our best efforts at uh, you know, we really thought we nailed it and we worked really, really hard. And a lot of times went over, you know, and didn't charge for it. And, uh, you know, and they still weren't, you know, it still wasn't, wasn't as good as it wasn't what they were expecting. Um, and so quite honestly, that, uh, and that's just being completely and totally transparent. I mean, uh, I didn't like that part of the business at all. And that's why, that's why I sold it. Um, it's hard. It's, yeah. it's a really, really, really hard thing because you know why, you know, they have a limited budget and you're really trying to do the best for them that you can, but you can't make magic. I mean, it, <laughs> it you know, it, it, it that sort yeah. of work is very detailed and it takes a lot of time. And, uh, so it's, it's challenging work. It, it's fun work, but, um, that part of it I did not enjoy. And that was one of the reasons why I decided to do something else. 
Yeah, yeah, and especially if, since you care about people and you like to help people, because I'm the same way. And you know, when you you want to help small businesses, and, and we encounter those small businesses that don't have the budget, but have this idea of the magic. Like, yeah. oh, can't you just do this and this and this? And and we're like, oh yeah, magic. We we actually joke about it at our office. Like, yeah, they just want magic. That's it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it and it is interesting because every conversation when we go to PartnerCon or or uh, Icon, every time the developers, certified developers, get together in a room, that is one of the things that we that we talk about is look if you don't care about your customers, you can make a lot of money in Infusionsoft custom development or probably any custom development because, you know, you can just, there's more supply, there's more demand than there is supply. And you can just turn those customers over. And the fact that they may not be happy at the end is, is neither here nor there. But for those of us, and I think it is most of the, certainly of the Infusionsoft ecosystem. We care deeply about our customers and in particular those who are small businesses like us. And so that is hard. It's something we talk about all the time. Yeah. Yeah, it is hard. From a, If you were advising a small business owner now that was looking for something like custom development or, or, or custom work, you know, and wanted something like that and might, maybe didn't have the complete budget, how would you tell them to go about it? Um, well, well, let me, if I can, Ian, change your question just sure, of course. just slightly. So this is one of the things that I would, a little bit higher level that I would tell a small business owner. And it comes, I guess, from my investment background, but per, but it, it, to me, it's also just the basics of running a business. I think one of the challenges when, whether you're buying custom development, you're buying a piece of software as a service, you're buying a piece of furniture, frankly, it really does not matter that the equation that a small business owner needs to look at is a couple of things. They have to know what the numbers are. They have to know what is my return on investment from going to be as best as I can determine in spending this money. And number two, what's the payback period going to be? In other words, how long is it going to take me to realize that investment or that that return on investment? And then number three, what's the degree of certainty that I'm going to realize that return? Um, am I 100% confident? It's a no-brainer. It's just obvious that I'm going to make, you know, it's, I'm going to spend 1000 and I'm going to make 5000 back and I'm going to make that in three months because it's going to allow me to, uh, you know, get rid of some other resource that costs that. So it's, you know, very obvious to me or not so much. My confidence factor is less. And so I discount it because I'm only 20% sure. And, and based on those three numbers, those three numbers tell you whether you should spend the money and, uh, you know, and how much to spend. And, and it's just, it's, it's math. And it's not emotion. And in fact, it would, we, I would go so far as to say, look, if, you know, let's just take my software just as an example, sync to CRM. If you're going to spend whatever, $100 a month on that, the question is, is that or is that not going to make you more than two or three X $100 a month? And if that answer is yes, for, because what we do as small business people is we, when it comes to money, 
um, and spending money is we it, it becomes an emotional decision. We look at it and we say, oh, $100 a month or $400 a month to even $2,000 a month. I could never spend that on a piece of software. I mean, <laughs> think about, right, even Infusionsoft, $300 a month. Are they kidding me? I can't spend that. Well, okay, hang on a second. How much is that going to make you? Is that going to make you $1,000 a month? It better, right? So, and if it, it, and if it will, then logic would tell you, you should go out not only should you spend that money you should go out and borrow money if you had to in, <laughs> in order to buy that thing and if the answer to that is no then all of the sales pitch in the world no matter how bad how cool it is or how much you want it or how much you think you want it you should not buy that thing period and i should not try to talk you into buying that thing if if that math doesn't work for you 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 see and so um so whether we're talking about custom development or or uh, or anything else, uh, the higher issue for me is I just see so many small business folks who just don't get that that equation. And also, I think it's compounded by the fact that it's our money. If I work for a large company, I'm much more likely to look at it as a as a math equation because it's not my money I'm spending, right? But when it's mine, I'm the small business owner. Then then emotion gets tied up in those decisions much more and causes us to make bad decisions all the time. And then I'll just carry that just one more step further, which is then once I say, yes, this should make me a 3x to 4x return on my investment, uh, and therefore I'm going to go forward and I'm going to spend that money. Now, the other commitment is you've got to hold yourself accountable to implementing uh, whatever it is that you've just bought in order to realize that investment. And if you haven't, it's not the fault of Infusionsoft or Sync to CRM or whatever it is that you've bought. It's your fault. Because you said up front when 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 you had a you know a clear mind and you weren't insane and by that I mean you haven't you know that was something I used to use with my investors the moment you've bought something now you're you're clinically insane you're no mm-hmm. longer able to make a make a, a rational decision so when you were saying you said you're going to make a three or four x return now that you spent the money it, you know if you're not then um, where you know you're the common denominator anyway so uh, anyway that's how I think about and I try to encourage small businesses to think about any sort of an investment, large or small. Hope I, that helped. Oh, I love it. I, I On so many levels, A, if you're listening, if someone's listening to this and they have any type of digital services company that is B2B, they should just cut that piece out of the podcast and send that to all their clients. <laughs> I mean, that was that's phenomenal and it's so true. And I've talked about it before, and I, I I talk about people all the time because you know being a trader and having invested in, and you know I was relatively successful, and and I can still I mean I I spend so much time reading charts I can see when the market's turning around I'm like oh there's an opportunity there, um, a the big thing is it's your business so if you're thinking about investing in a com- in like the stock market. Versus investing in your business, well, you know so much more about your business than you do about any given company, and it's it's amazing to me that people will say, "Oh, I'll go invest in Apple." Oh, it went up, you know, from a hundred to hundred and ten. I made a ton of money, but they won't invest a hundred dollars in a piece of software. <laughs> correct, correct. Where you have complete control over the outcome, or at least a lot more control than you do over what happens at Apple, right? So exactly. exactly. So yeah, you do have to. You definitely do have to think of it that way. Yeah, and and the mindset too is so important for people to realize. 
in investing and in investing your business is that the second you're in it, you're, you are crazy. I love that, that analogy because it, it, I mean, I remember I would have a trading plan. I have a plan for software I buy. The second you buy it, it's like, okay, <laughs> all that's out the window. All my emotions are in here now. <laughs> Correct. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Um, so I, you know, I want to talk about the sync to CRM and a, you, you have a webinar, but B, I mean, it's an amazing piece of software. And when you talk about return on investment these days, I tell people Facebook ads are one of the easiest things you can do. I'm kind of addicted to them because it, you do get such a direct return on investment. I tell people that Facebook ads app has been a bad thing for me because I'll be home at night. I'm like, oh, let me just raise the budget on that because I can make more money. <laughs> it is a little, it, it's funny that you say that, right? For those of us who have ever traded for a living or it is a little bit like that where, you, you know, you want to go look at, at your stock prices every every night, which is something that I absolutely forbade my investors from doing. And uh, and your Facebook ads are a little bit the same way. But, oh, yeah. Uh, so but, yeah, you yeah. have a webinar um, that uh, it's at sync2crm.com/demo. It's not a demo, but it's a webinar. Can you tell me a little bit about that and kind of that return on investment that you were talking about that you could get from a webinar like this? Um, sure. So um, where where this? I'll tell you where this webinar came from. It's what we call it. It's been an evolution, and it's now called Three Secrets to a Profitable Sales Funnel, regardless of what you sell or who you sell it to. And um, the story behind this webinar is something that I'm sure many people will be able to relate to. So in uh, I was in Argentina. Um, there, there's sort of a backstory to Sync to CRM. I, I originally started it with a partner, and uh, I had the Sync engine. He had the idea for Sync to CRM, which, by the way, we should probably explain what Sync to CRM does. It it actually um, syncs up your CRM data, whether it's Infusionsoft or soon to be ActiveCampaign or Mailchimp or whomever, with the Facebook ad platform, so that you can, by using that data, you can create even more or targeted and relevant ads um, by including and excluding who you're showing those ads to, which is all good things, right? So we, we, um, we my partner and I uh, split, oh, we had uh, different values, business values, and decided to split the 1st of December. Well, meanwhile, I've had a trip to Argentina planned five weeks in Argentina to play polo in the interior of Argentina where, um, you know, I'm in the middle of nowhere for uh, almost a year. And I I split with my partner in, in December. So things didn't go that well, uh, meaning I had to... I had to rebrand the entire company from the old name to the new one, um, create new websites. Uh, you know, th- there was just this mass of things that, uh, I-, I suddenly was having to do. He w- had been responsible for the marketing, right? And so as a result of that split, I had done, I basically did no marketing for three months. Uh, and my, um, new subscriber rate just went to zero. So that right there is a lesson. (laughs) Always be marketing, right? If you, you know, one of the things that I think small businesses, one of the biggest mistakes I think small businesses make is they, they 
build these great funnels. They buy Infusionsoft and they build these great funnels and they wonder why their sales aren't growing. Well, you have got to have traffic coming in the top of that funnel or else nothing's going to happen. Uh, you know, nothing can come out of the bottom of the funnel if you don't have traffic coming in the, in the top. And that's where Facebook ads are so exciting. Um, and, and, I don't want to get off track. I'd love to tell you the stories about how I used to advertise in the um, in my investment business and what that cost me compared to how I advertise now. But we'll save that. So anyway, um, the back, you know back to the genesis of the webinar. Um, you know, we, our our subscribers came to a scree screeching halt, and when I finally had a moment to think about it and reflect while I was in Argentina, I thought, oh my gosh, Kim, you are the classic cobbler's children. Because you have no funnel, you, you know, you've, you've, um, you know, you've been, in, you have all the tools, you make the software, you're an Infusionsoft certified consultant and developer, and you teach Infusionsoft and all of these things, and yet you have no funnel, and hence, you have no sales, and you better get on it, or else, you know, things are going to go from bad to worse very, very quickly. And so I actually started, I sat down and I started creating an, an integrated um, campaign where I was integrating both my Infusionsoft and Facebook ad campaigns so that they worked together in order to make both better. In other words, that they um, not, they brought in qualified um, cheap qualified traffic, they drove ad costs down, they increased conversions, they didn't burn out my list. Um, you know, they were automated and evergreen and scalable. And as I was sketching out my own funnel, it dawned on me because this is what I do, right? I create systems and then I can't help but share them with people. And I, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, all my people need to know how to do this because this is, this is the piece they're missing. This, this integrated, you know, funnel approach is what is so exciting about Facebook now. I mean, yeah, you know, in the beginning it was just this ability to spend not very much money and get really targeted uh, in front of really uh, targeted people. But now the, you know, it's becoming more and more sophisticated and this idea of using your CRM data to um, do that even better and to make them work together. Oh my God, it's, it's amazing stuff. Right. And so that's where the, that's where the webinar came from. I immediately put together a webinar. It was pretty, pretty scruffy because I did it basically sitting at the bottom of a telephone pole with my laptop <laughs> on my lap in rural Argentina, but everyone loved it. And the penny finally dropped for so many people. And see, and that's my drug. When anyone, when an audience goes, aha, I'm, that's it. That's my heroin. I am like, oh my gosh. I, so I got to start doing this webinar more and I've made it better. And now I'm starting to include my results from the funnel. And yeah, so that's what it is. And, um, and at the end of it, I do, I hope that people who it's, you know, who, where it's a fit by SIG to CRM. Yes. Cause it facilitates that process. If the ROI makes sense for them and if not, not, but any, regardless, they're going to learn a lot and start thinking about funnels in a completely different way. So many people who just, who said, Oh, I know I need to advertise on Facebook, but just hadn't quite gotten around to it yet. They come out of that and they're like, now I get it. Uh, this is, this is really compelling. And so anyway, I hope that people will join us on that. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, that's fantastic. That's a fantastic story too. I'm imagining at the bottom of that telephone pole. Um, <laughs> did you get any pictures of that? I didn't, I didn't, but not only that, there was no air it, summer down there right now. And, uh, this was just a couple of weeks ago. It's summer there and it's was 90 degrees and they don't have air conditioning. And I, and I was 
poor, like I even said in the webinar, you guys, I just have to take my headset off and like wipe the sweat off of my face because I was pouring sweat. It was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was pretty funny, but uh, but I, but I loved it. Uh, I didn't, yeah, there, I didn't really market it very hard because I was worried about losing people on the on the webinar, but um, it 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 worked so well that uh, yeah. I, I just had to keep doing it because it's really fun. And I, and actually I'm expanding it, you know, eventually it's going to become seven steps because uh, the system's coming into, into focus for me now. So, you know, we, we haven't talked tactics that much and you, you know, as far as marketing goes, you tell great stories, which I think is key. You know, I love that too, because you have obviously a technical, you have technical companies and you always told stories every time, everywhere I look through it. Um, is that a natural thing for you to tell the stories or is it something that you're like, oh, I've, I've got to tell the story so people can relate? No, it is a natural thing. Um, I, you know, it's one of those things that, that I did and then I saw someone, you know, put a name to it. I heard, you know, storytelling, story, story selling and, and, but it's just what I do naturally. One of the things, um, you know, I'm always, coming up with analogies or, uh, or stories to make a point. And I don't, I don't know where it came from. It's just, that's just, that's just, you know, how I, how I could communicate, I guess. It's great. It is great because especially when it comes to something so complex. Um, and to me, you know, it, it, I instantly understand what sync to CRM does, but then I go try and explain it to people. And <laughs> I'm, I'm like, uh, you can do all this really cool stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, funny. I have the same problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, when it comes to tactics, I, I, I think the Facebook ad tactic syncing up to the campaign is one of the most innovative ones. And, uh, could you give us a little hint of what, what are some of the tactics that someone could do within sync to CRM with Facebook with syncing up to a campaign? Sure. Sure. So, I mean, the, at the tactical level, it varies from the mundane to the to the pretty fun, you know, pretty far out there. So let me just give you some examples. Um, so from the at the very mundane level, for for those, so um, Facebook has something they call custom audiences. Okay, and basically, it's just another way of saying list. So if you have a CRM system, whether it's MailChimp, uh, FusionSoft, ActiveCampaign, AWeber, whomever, you understand lists, right? You, it's you taking your contacts and segmenting them in some in various ways. So let's just take a list like my email list. That's a list. So if I can dynamically, um, meaning by syncing constantly, my email list to Facebook, I can now use that to um, affect how I show someone an ad. So let's just say I'm trying to get new, I've, I've got an ad for a lead magnet because I'm trying to get new people opted in, uh, you know, and in my funnel. So, but I obviously don't want to show that ad because I'm paying for it to people who've already opted into my list, right? So I say, I want to show this ad to everyone who has an interest in Infusionsoft and in Garlic but exclude anybody who's already on my email list. Well, Facebook knows that you're interested in Infusionsoft and Ian, but I have to give it the data that says who's already on my 
email list. And that's what Sync to CRM does, right, is keep that um, that data synced up. Um, but that idea of a, of a custom audience um, allows you to show relevant ads, you know, to the right people at the right time on a very, you know, again, that's a very mundane example. But with, and then instantly, the moment someone signs up for your email list to stop showing them that ad, and now start showing them whatever, if, you know, if you imagine it as, uh, you know, the steps in the funnel, what's next? Oh, well, once they've signed up for my lead magnet, I want to drive them to my webinar I just told you about. So the moment that happens, then a new ad on Facebook starts that starts to um, promote the webinar. And again, the minute they sign up for that webinar, I can stop showing them that ad. And of course, this is going to, they're going to be getting emails that, you know, track along as well, right? But I can stop showing them that ad for the webinar and start showing them an ad for my product, which is sync to CRM. Um, and so by having that data and uh, knowing when they've done certain things because of my, in my list and segmentation, that's sort of the, that's sort of the classic use case for uh, for these ads. But you can get a lot. So let me just get, go to the opposite end of the mm-hmm. spectrum. Okay, so let's just imagine that I've got a really big list in my CRM. So I, you know, let's just say I got, you know, I I don't want to say really big, just ten, you know, ten thousand names or twenty thousand names. So what I could do, for example, is I could take. Um, uh, uh, all of the uh, common names, okay? So Kim and Ian, those probably wouldn't be on that list, but Susan and Bob and, you know, and Jane and whatever the most common names are. And I could segment my my list and say, give me a list of everybody who has Bob and everybody who has Tom and everybody who has Mike, right? And put them in lists and then that feed that data as a as a list as a custom audience to Facebook and now I can not only can I show you an ad that says I want you to go to my webinar but um because I'm only showing it to people in my list whose name is Bob it says hey Bob you um why don't you sign up for this webinar and it looks like I'm serving Bob a uh, customized ad just for him but I'm not I'm just I've just got a list of everybody in my CRM named Bob who I want to show the webinar ad to so you can imagine because Facebook rewards you for relevance and, um, you know, the, and engagement, right? And so the more relevant the, that ad is that I show to somebody, then the more Facebook is going to, the lower cost that they're going to give me and the more they're going to show it, right? And so things like that allow, you just, I mean, I, I said I'd love to tell you the stories of how I used to advertise uh, the, uh, my investment firm. I, I did radio. We we still do actually, you know, a minimum ad flight is you know twenty thousand dollars, and I'm I'm just putting that out ad out to everybody who might be listening to the radio at that moment, and and of the fifty thousand who are tuned in at that moment, maybe two or three, uh, you know, are actually interested in the in that particular radio ad, as opposed to with Facebook. I, that's how detailed I can I can now get. I can just send an ad to everybody in my list named Bob. You see, so I mean that's that it, I, I I just can't even overemphasize how significant that is um, for a small business owner because it allows them to play basically at a at a level that they could never afford to play at before and compete with anybody on the planet in terms of advertising their business and if they're not 
they're missing the boat. And that's why I'm in the space. That's it. why it's so exciting to me. It, it, it's super exciting and it, it, it's so powerful. And uh, people, I, I can't, I guess I get so excited. People don't believe me. And then they see it work and they're like, Oh wow. I mean, we just, I, I, I'm on a 5k board and we just doubled our, our, uh, 5k uh, runners in with a, a few hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like, boom. And it, it essentially a 30 to one return. Right. For, which, you know, and it all goes to charity, which I love too. Um, but it's, it's amazing the power of it. Um, and when, if you were one thing, so we, you're talking ads and a lot of people, one of the mindsets I try and get people past is like, yeah, even though we we're saying Facebook ads, that these ads still have to provide some value to the people. And it can't just, for the most part, be just straight up advertising. Hey, click here. Um, you know, and give me your email address that you have to provide some value. Um, what types of value do you suggest people give? Sure. I mean, a lot of us, like, like you, were way out in front of this trend. You know, anyone who has been doing inbound marketing for a long period of time knows the idea of providing value first. But to the direct marketing set, those who have always just been sell, 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 this is a bit of a revelation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you're, you're absolutely right. Um, you basically sell by giving is the new maxim in, in marketing, not just in Facebook advertising, but everywhere sell by giving, which is, you know, perfect for me. Um, and so, uh, you know, in terms of what kind of value, uh, you know, hard to say depending on what your, what your business is, but I mean, basically it's exactly what you do in everything that you do, right? This podcast is an, is giving value, um, before selling, um, your, you know, any, any newsletter, any, any lead magnet, blog posts, all of those things. So, you know, the, the typical, uh, DM, which is digital marketer, you know, type funnel, um, for those people who aren't familiar with it, is you run ads first to your blog posts or to some other kind of content that is of real value to people. And and only then do you then start to run an ad asking them to opt in to your email list. So now they've seen, you know, my customer journey, uh, I expect people will have seen two or three or four pieces of valuable content from me um, before I ever even ask them to opt in buy an ad if they already have well you know that's great but you know because now i've shown value and and given them value and then ask and then when i ask i'm going to give them more value with a really valuable lead magnet whatever that may be you know list of tools or resources or or checklists or audits or whatever they can come up with for that and then after that my next step in my funnel right is a webinar which is not a salesy i mean it is you know it's a it's a real training with a oh by the way yeah I hope you know you buy sync to CRM mm-hmm. if it's a fit at the end kind of thing right and, I mean those are all examples all the things that we've all been doing in inbound marketing for a long time those are all examples of uh, of value and um and I I I feel like I'm not really answering your question no 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 uh, those but, those great that's perfect yeah that's perfect yeah. um so if it, you've got the webinar but if someone wanted to Get, just get going on sync to CRM. What would be the first steps be after signing up? What would be the first thing that you would do? Mm. For us, we have a, 
yet again, here's another way to show value, to give people value, right? We have a free trial because we're software. So there's a 30 day free trial. Um, we also have an overview video, which is not that much value, value, honestly, but, you know, and demo videos and different, you know, videos about how you can use the software to make money. Those are all, again, ways that you demonstrate value upfront before you ask for the sale. So, you know, speaking to someone who would be interested in our software specifically, then I would recommend they go to sync to CRM.com and, uh, you know, poke around the site and look and sign up for the free trial and look at those videos and, uh, and get started. Awesome. And of course, if they need help, then we're there to, to help as well. Fantastic. Um, thank you so much, Kim. So I just have a few more questions. I always ask everyone, um, you know, we talked about a lot of mindsets at the beginning, but I I always feel like we have to personally work on mindsets. Is there one that you're working on right now? Wow. That list is long. (laughs) (laughs) I am always working on some. Yeah. But I'll tell you the one I'm, uh, yeah, there is one really specifically I'm working hard on right now. So I was listening to another podcast and, uh, and this gal, she was actually a U.S. uh, Olympic boxer and she, she had the greatest quote. She said, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And, you know, when just one of those things just catches your attention, that's mm-hmm. what I'm working on. Slow is smooth, smooth is fast because it relates to everything. So for me, it relates to, you know, my polo, right? My polo swing, my polo game, my business, my everything. Slow. I, I, I just have to, I'm working really hard on ex, number one, slowing down and trying not to push quite so hard, quite so fast and knowing that a lot of the outcomes that I need from other people, I can't really control (laughs) you know they're going to get done when they're going to get done and and just that a lot of times if i let them happen in their own time the outcome is actually better than if i had pushed really hard and so yeah i guess i'm trying to mellow a little bit (laughs) that's a it's an interesting one that's a tough one for a lot of entrepreneurs and especially someone uh, like like you i'm sure because it seems like you've done a lot so you feel like you gotta do it now 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 uh that's a great mindset um, is there a book you're reading right now that maybe is helping with that or what's your fa- book that you would suggest to everyone or your favorite book? Um, so I guess I might, I am reading uh, a lot of things right now. What I'm reading or actually listening to, which is what I do while I'm doing chores up at the barn is, um, 10% happier by Dan Harris. Um, but the, like kind of my, most influential books, I guess, and these are kind of a little bit cliche on, but, uh, are The One Thing, uh, mm-hmm. by Gary Keller and The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Oh. Those are probably my two right now most influential books of recent books for me. Oh, I love War of Art. I've, I've probably, I listened to that one probably like 30 or 40 times. It's fantastic. And it, it it's, I think it's so important for people. And I give away, that's the one I give away to. That's Here's fantastic. the interesting thing about, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt oh, no you. The, the interesting thing about that book, right, is if you are a avid podcast listener, as I am, and depending on who you listen to, you'll hear people mention that book all the time. And if it took me a long time to finally get it and read it, and then you think to yourself, 
oh, how silly am I? I should have gotten this the first time I heard it mentioned. It's there's a reason every every person when asked in one of their most influential books on podcasts that are about high performance mentioned that book. Yeah. So if you're thinking that and you've been hearing it, go get it. Awesome. Awesome. Great advice. And what's what's your well, you kind of gave the quote. So um you know no, that's the one I'm working on right this second. But, but that's not my quote. Okay, what's your your big quote? <laughs> my quote, and there's a you know, there's entire videos and stories about this that are and it's in my book as well. Uh but the quote that changed my life literally was uh Zig Zig Ziglar, you can have everything you want in life if you'll just help everyone else get what they want. I love it. Yeah, that and that's the you know that's funny, that's the most common quote that I, my sure. guests give <laughs> and it is it's the big one i tell people because birds of a feather flock together right yeah. i mean that's what you're about and therefore it's no surprise that your guests have that same mindset and would therefore um have that as sort of their mantra i love it i love it thank you kim so much this has been an awesome interview it's so full of great information exciting and fun and i hope to have you on again sometime I would love to come on again. It's been, uh, I'm I'm sorry we've gone over time because I I could sit and talk to you forever. You're a great interviewer and, um, and I've really enjoyed it. Awesome. Oh yeah. No, it's not far over time and it's fantastic and so much value. Thanks a lot, Kim. And, uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks for making us a part of your journey. Uh, this is Ian Garlic, CEO of Authentic Web and this is Dow Inbound.